Hello, this is Pastor Sam DeChico from the Concord Baptist Church of Wilmington, Delaware. We're so glad you could join us for today's broadcast. Concord Baptist Church is located at 2510 Marsh Road in North Wilmington. We presently have services Sunday morning at 11 o'clock and Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. You can also watch us on our Facebook page. And uh, we have services uh, also on a Sunday evening just on our Facebook page at 6.30. So uh, come and check us out and get a blessing. Today we're going to look at Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, Solomon gives us a couple of warnings that uh, we need to heed. The first warning he gives is about how we approach God, how we worship God. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 1 says this, Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God, and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools, for they consider not uh, that they do evil. So he challenges us that when we come to the house of God to understand who God is. And when we talk about the house of God, of course, uh, the house of God now is, is anywhere where we meet God. Back in biblical times, during the time of Solomon, the house of God was the temple. God dwelled in the temple, but we know now that God dwells in us. Our bodies become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so wherever uh, we meet with God, whether it's in a church, whether it's uh, outside of a church, doesn't matter. You know, our fellowship, our worship with God uh, would be in the house of God. And he says, when you keep, keep your foot, when you go to the house of God and be more ready to hear. And so his challenge was when you approach God, uh, instead of talking a lot, be ready to listen to what God has to say. I know that, uh, Sometimes our relationship with God, it seems one-sided. We do all the talking, we do all the praying, you know, we do all the praising and worshiping, and, and there seems to be silence on the other side. God doesn't seem to respond, but we need to understand that, that God does respond in a still small voice. In Revelation chapters 2 and 3, when uh, we read about seven churches, they were given a challenge. Every church was told uh, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith. And so evidently the Holy Spirit is still trying to speak to our hearts, trying to show us things, trying to help us understand life and make wise decisions and guide and direct us. And so I think uh, when we approach God, that maybe one of the first things we need to do is say, Lord, speak to my heart. Show me, tell, tell me what you want me to know. And sometimes God uh, reveals sin, sometimes God reveals uh, direction, sometimes God reveals an attitude that's not right, sometimes he reveals uh, his will through certain desires. So we have to give God an opportunity to, to speak to our hearts. That's why he says, be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. Now the sacrifice of fools simply means someone who is going through the motions of worshiping God, but uh, his heart is not in it. So in essence, he's saying, purify your heart. You know, you think about the sacrifices of Cain and Abel, the very first two boys, and they were uh, each uh, offering a sacrifice to God. God accepted one and rejected the other. He accepted Abel's sacrifice. It was a more excellent sacrifice. Then he rejected Cain's sacrifice. So uh, can we offer a sacrifice to God in which he refuses? Yes, certainly. Uh, when King Saul came back from battle one time, he was supposed to wipe out the entire enemy, but instead he bring, brought back some of the animals to sacrifice. And the prophet Samuel had to rebuke him. He said that it was better to obey than to sacrifice. The Pharisees would talk about how they sacrificed and they 
prayed and they uh, fasted and they gave tithe and, and all these other religious duties that they had done, but yet they were sacrifices of fools because they rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. So just because we go to church, just because we pray, just because we approach God, doesn't necessarily mean that our, our sacrifice is accepted. And he talks about the sacrifice of fools, for they consider not that they do evil. There's many people that just use God whenever they need God. They're not worshiping God every day, but you know when they need a job, they start praying. But then when they get a job, they stop praying. When a bad thing happens in their life, they start going to church. And then after things calm down, then they stop going to church. You see, God is not to be treated like a, a genie in a bottle. You know, we try to get wishes from him. He's not to be, uh, you know, treated as though uh, we're just going to, uh, be nice to you and worship you whenever we need something from you. Uh, this is the sacrifice of fools. They consider not they do evil. But then also he says in verse 2, Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thy heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven, and thou upon earth. Therefore let thy words be few. He also challenges us, be careful what you say to God. Don't be rash with your mouth. How many times people get mad at God and complain to God and gripe and whine about certain things. You know, you think about the Israelites when they were wandering through the wilderness. What did they do? They aggravated God. They they uh, tempted God by complaining. They didn't like manna. They didn't like Moses leading them. They didn't have water. They, uh, you know, on and on and on it went. And they just continually spoke evil unto God until God at times had to judge them. He sent fiery serpents at one time and other times, you know, he struck people down. And, you know, it, God can only put up with so much. And so be careful what you say to God, uh, for he's in heaven, we're on earth, meaning that he knows what's going on, we don't. He sees everything, we see very limited. He has uh, the future in his hands, we, we don't know what the future holds. And so who are we to presume, presume upon God and think that we know better than God? So be careful what you say to God. You know, when Job was going through his calamities and had lost his servants and his livestock and then his 10 children and then his health his wife came and told him to curse god and die you know that was just a some bad advice thankfully he didn't uh, it, heed to that and certainly she was uh felt i'm sure terrible and probably hated to see her husband in that condition but you know you think about how many times people do curse god how many times people do say bad things against god they're mad at god they're upset with god god's not fair god's not good be not rash with thy mouth. Be not hasty to utter things before God. And so be careful what you say to God. And then also he says, be careful about making vows. Um, verse number four, he says, when thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it, for he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which is which thou hast vowed. If you made a vow to God, he says, you better pay it. And if you don't, you're foolish. And uh, so, uh, you know, in verse 5, he continues by saying, Better is, is it that thou shouldest not vow than that thou shouldest vow and not pay. He says, don't even make a vow if you don't know for sure you can pay it. Now, certainly in Bible times, people made vows by sacrifice. They'd make a vow to God. They were going to give him a certain animal. They had to keep that vow. Uh, but sometimes vows can be foolish. And so verse 6, he says, Suffer not thy mouth to, to cause thy flesh to sin. Neither say before the angel that it was an error. Wherefore should God be angry at thy voice and destroy the works of thy hands? He said, don't don't try to go back and go back to, to a messenger as such, a, your, your spiritual leader, and say, well, I, I didn't really mean this vow. And he, He's saying, if you're going to make a vow, keep the vow. If you're going to, uh, you know, 
tell God that you're going to start tithing and give the missions, then, then do that. If you're going to tell God you're going to serve him, then serve him. If you're going to tell God that you're going to give up uh, some sins, then give up those sins. If you're going to tell God that you're going to be faithful to church, then be faithful to church. So whatever you make a vow, whatever you vow unto him, make sure that you keep that vow. And if you can't keep that vow, then don't make the vow. But sometimes people feel pressed, like they have to make deals with God. You know, Lord, if you give me this job, I will, you know, uh, I, I will do such and such. And, and uh, Lord, if you allow me to marry this person, I, you know, and we make these these vows. Lord, if you'll give me a child. Lord, if, if you'll increase what I have. And, you know, God's not a God that we make deals with. You know, I think about in the Bible that uh, one of the judges by the name of Jephthah made a very uh, foolish vow. He was called by God to... to go against a certain enemy at that time in the book of Judges. And, and he said to the, Lord, to the Lord that if you allow me to win, uh, I will sacrifice the first thing that comes through the gates. And upon his victory, he came home, and the first thing that came through the gates was his daughter. Well, you can't sacrifice your daughter, but he made a vow. What are you supposed to do? So, you know, we have to be careful about making our vows. Then he goes on, and he talks about wealth. And he says, be careful about your worship with God, and be careful about your wealth. In uh, verse number 10, he says, He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth uh, abundance with increase. This is also vanity. So his warning about wealth, first off, he says, the more that you have, the more that you'll want. You'll never be satisfied if you love money. That's why Jesus said that, uh, or, or the Word of God tells us in the New Testament, that the love of money is the root of all evil. Jesus many times had to challenge people not to, have a desire to become rich because with riches uh, come issues. Jesus talked about going to heaven. He said it was easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Uh, when he gave an illustration about two men that died, uh, a beggar and a rich man, uh, the beggar named Lazarus went to heaven, Abraham's bosom, and uh, the rich man went to hell. That doesn't mean every rich person goes to hell and every poor person goes to heaven, but it just simply means that Jesus was illustrating that the rich man put his faith in riches instead of Christ, and uh, the beggar put his faith in, in, in Christ, and he that was poor on this earth became rich when he went to heaven, and he that was rich on this earth became poor after he died, and so uh, be careful that you don't make the pursuit of money, the pursuit of possessions, the pursuit of things, and that's what Solomon did in his life. He, he pursued all these things, and then he, he felt empty. He felt like life was, was vain because he put his trust and, and love into the things that he had, and he was never satisfied. He goes on to say, when goods increase, they are increased and eat them. And what goods is there uh, to the owners thereof, saving the beholding of them which, uh, with their eyes? The second thing he says, the more that we have, the more we're going to spend. You know, Solomon had many houses. He had to keep up these houses. He had many wives. He had to keep up these wives. He had many uh, investments. He had to keep up these investments. And so the more that you have, the more you have to spend. And realize, you know, when you get a house, it's going to cost you more money. Uh, when you get a car, it's going to cost you more money. You know, anything that we get in life, understand that uh, the more we get, the more we spend. And sometimes people get in this trap of, of, of buying more and spending more and getting more. And, and it's a vicious, vicious cycle. Uh, a third thing he says that um, in verse 13, <clears throat> he says, uh, uh, verse number 12, actually, the sleep of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eat little or much, but the abundance of the rich 
will not suffer him to sleep. Here's an illustration about two men. One man is a, just a common laborer. He can sleep. And the other man is rich and he can't sleep. Why? Because uh, sometimes the more you have, the more you have to worry. Uh, and then he goes on and talks about the more we have, the more we will lose. He talks about how, how that you can lose what you have. So if you're, if you're tied into what you own, uh, it, it can bring forth uh, sadness when you lose it. And then ultimately, the thing about riches, he says, the more that we have, the more that we're going to leave behind. We take nothing with us, uh, as, as uh, the Bible talks about, how that uh, every man comes into this world with nothing. We leave this world with nothing. And, and so therefore, you know, when riches and wealth becomes the most important thing in your life, uh, you have to understand that you will never take that. That's why Jesus said that we are to store up treasures in heaven, not down here on, on earth. On earth, uh, he talked about how that rust and moths and, and thieves will break in and steal. But, but when you have treasures in heaven, they are eternal. So his warning about wealth, well, then his conclusion was simply then, that just enjoy what God gives you. Verse 19, every man also to whom God hath given riches and wealth and hath given him power to eat thereof and to take his portion and to rejoice in his labor, this is a gift from, from God. And, uh, and uh, for he shall not much uh, remember the days of his life because God answereth him uh, in the joy of his heart. And in essence, he's saying, enjoy your labor, enjoy what God gives you. Realize life is brief and you know, we have to uh, enjoy what God gives us. It's a gift from God, and only God can give us uh, real joy. So Solomon, you know, he kind of was a guy that was searching for truth. And all throughout Ecclesiastes, he kept coming back to the same thing, was just understand that whatever you have is a gift from God. Enjoy what God's blessings are. Don't worry about all these other things. And uh, understand that if, if you, or you pursue other things, you'll never be satisfied. The only thing you ultimately can pursue is God, and he's the one that gives you great joy.